Welcome to episode two of The Curious Leader with me, Ash Smith. Uh, for this episode, I'm joined by Simon Jones. Simon is the director of Performance Minded, a high-performance sports and business consultancy. Simon previously spent over 30 years at the Lawn Tennis Association, the national governing body for tennis in Great Britain, where he held various roles, including head of performance coach education, head of performance support, uh, and was a leader of many, many of the sports functions. Uh, now he runs his own consultancy business uh, where he works with Chelsea Football Club, uh, the Premier League uh, and various individuals in an executive coaching and performance role. Um, Simon has a, a fascinating background through elite sports, uh, both as an athlete, a coach and then as a senior leader uh, across various functions, as we said. So he brings a very interesting perspective to the art of leadership um, and shares some really, really interesting uh, some golden nuggets with us uh, during this conversation. So make yourself a brew, settle back uh, and enjoy this leadership conversation with Simon Jones. Right. I am delighted today to be joined by Simon Jones. Uh, Simon and I have known each other for many, many years uh, from our time working at the Lawn Tennis Association uh, alongside each other. Uh, Simon, thank you so much for joining me. Pleasure, Ash. Good to see you. Good to and, see you. Uh, thank you. And I hope... Uh, well, I know that you're going to share some of your amazing uh, insights into leadership from your extensive career leading various projects at various NGBs and in various places. Uh, so really looking forward to, to, to hearing your thoughts and, um, and yeah, you sharing your insights with us. Okay, sure. I mean, um, so I, I mean, very different, very difficult to clearly define leadership, of course, because it happens in many, many different ways. Um, You've got your own, you know, one's own personal leadership, the way one uh, leads other people um, around you. And then, of course, you've got the hierarchical type of leadership um, where, you know, like a CEO and he leads an organization or a head of department that leads a function. But, I, you know, I don't really think there's one clear clear um, meaning for the word leadership. Uh, my, my background um, you know, as a young sporting guy at school, um, was always the captain of the various different teams. And then I went on to become a, ten a tennis player and I was captain of county teams. And, and then I started to work for the LTA. Um, actually, before I worked for the LTA, I had my own coaching business and I had a small team of coaches, which I led. And then I worked for the LTA in leadership positions um, in, in high performance tennis. Um, and that was a span of, uh, I had 10 years my own coaching business and 30 years working in leadership positions in performance tennis. Um, and now I have finished doing that. Um, uh, and I work as a private consultant. Um, mainly, uh, I have, do four key things, Ash. One is I work for Chelsea Football Academy, um, uh, working with their, uh, developing their coaches, uh, of which... Uh, leadership and um, their leadership efficiency and efficacy is a big part of that. Um, I work with uh, Chelsea women's team uh, on a similar sort of um, similar sort of role, um, and I am a the coaching strategic advisor to the Premier League, um, which is a different sort of level and type of work for me. And also, I maintain a coaching business of individuals. So, I do quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of work in the leadership area within that 
Um, and, you know, 30 years working for, for a national governing body of sport in different roles. Um, one of them, I was on the executive of the uh, L LTA for four and a half years. So it's sort of in a, you know, quite a high leadership, uh, hierarchical leadership position. Um, and I learned many, many things from that. And, and I'm really enjoying this part of my career using that uh, developed skill set to pass on and, um, you know, in, in a different context where the issues are the same by the way uh the ball is the balls are slightly bigger in football um but uh, the people issues are generally the same in terms of uh, coaching and leadership so that's kind of my background and uh, you know i don't know how much you want to unpack 30 years of uh, of leadership lessons um but uh yeah i'm happy to try and share some things with you fantastic well it's, it'll be great to tap into that that breadth of experience that you've had in in both you know, obviously for people who aren't aware, you know, the Lawn Tennis Association is the, the national governing body for tennis in uh, Britain uh, and the roles that Simon held, um, especially within the performance sphere, were, were very much strategic leadership type roles. So uh, there's, a, there's a big crossover there between, although it's leading in sport, it's also very corporate in the way that the way things operate. But it'll be, it'll be great to kind of unpick and maybe draw some parallels between your experiences of leading in the sports world and also leading in sort of a more commercial uh, organisation interesting to unpick but my, my usually my first question on these on these chats um is how do you define leadership which obviously already unpicked early on by saying well it's it's very tricky to define is there is there a sort of a i don't want to say phrase but is there a, a tenet or an umbrella that you kind of see leadership as you know an overriding principle of leadership um, well, if we're going really high overriding, of course, le le a leader is by definition somebody that has people following him um, or her. Um, you know, excuse the, the inappropriate right. gender reference there, but for all of those, uh, everybody listening, uh, that's where we are. Um, you know, you have to have people following you. Um, now, that can be, um, you know, it can mean many, many, many different things. Um, but I would say that it, um, if you had to, if I had to draw a leadership uh, one sentence, Ash, it would be trying to uh, get the very, very best out of people to achieve the task um, would be a, a, a really uh, simple definition of leadership. Um, my own personal approach is uh, I, I would say I would be a development developmental leader um, where I, I uh, build, I try to develop people to improve the way in which they operate because I know ultimately if they're better then we have more chance of, of achieving our vision and our task whatever that may be um, and I do believe that that does translate across uh, across disciplines from sport into, into education and into industry um, and I think more so as the need to uh, the need to develop people to get to, to improve their, uh, not only their uh, knowledge and their skills, but also their personal capacity to deliver, um, I, I think applies in all, in all different environments. Um, uh, I think if you want, um, a leader knows where they're going, I think is, a, is, a, is an interesting um, idea. A leader has a good vision of, of, of where things are going, whether it's them personally or whether it's a team or whether it's a function or a task. They do have a vision of where it's going. Um, and I think the ability to, 
to bring people along with you on that journey and develop them to 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 help them reach that destination that's kind of how i would see how i see leadership here um people won't follow people if they're not credible um credibility comes from honesty um, and then we start to talk about the behaviors of leaders when when you break it down but fundamentally that's my my feeling about leadership wow yeah i, th I think you know I was, I was sort of thinking as you were as you were talking there and i think yeah perhaps rather than defining leadership as you say as a as a single sentence perhaps it is better to look at, at leadership as a set of behaviors um you know whether they're sort of values led behaviors or or um model we can talk about leadership models later a little bit, maybe, because I'm not a huge fan necessarily, but, um, you know, sort of leading from a, a place of values-based uh, leadership. Perhaps we should look at leadership behaviours. And what, what do good leadership behaviours look like to you, in either your sense of leading or being led? Um, I, I think communication is a really important part of leadership. You know, a, a, a really good leader uh, shares and communicates a lot in a really big way um and, and and you know speaking to you here now ash i'm not sort of sitting here and thinking oh I've, i absolutely nailed leadership uh, I, I made so many mistakes in my life uh, in leadership and you know i, I scored a few goals too <laughs> um but made you know many you know you learn from your mistakes and when i when i reflect back on them uh, many of them were around about not communicating my what was in my mind enough um and you know there were lots of different reasons for it but one i can particularly think was underestimating uh what the group of people that needed to know underestimating their level of knowledge on the subject because you know that was a mistake that i made once because i took it for granted that they knew things that i that, that i thought i knew um and because that wasn't because we weren't communicating well then that was not good leadership um, leadership leadership of people when you're really really clear and you regularly communicate with them and they know where you're going um i think that's an essential behavior of a leader um i, I think presenting that uh, as well as communicating it um thinking strategically uh, is also an important behavior of a leader so um, in, in my mind, there are uh, people that think strategically, they can look long term, they look at the bigger picture, understand the implications of things. And then there's people that are really experts at, at uh, operational thinking. Um, and, and, you know, they all do the right thing at the right time. Um, but they don't really have that strategic thought that, that the leaders have. Um, and then I find there's also the third category with content specialists that are really ex show a lot of expertise in their areas. So I do think there is a different way of look. Uh, people have different skills and, and qualities in the way they look at life. And, um, you know, another behavior of as a leader is the ability to think strategically. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I particularly like humble leaders. Um, you know, humility is a, certainly in the football environments where I work. Uh, humility has a high premium um, but I guess there are some great leaders that, that aren't that seen as that as, as humble um, you know I think that's possibly a personal preference but I think the you know the, the ability to communicate and the ability to think strategically are two absolute qualities of, of, of good leaders and, as, and, and the ability to, to gain credibility 
you know, to, to, you, you have to be credible. If people are going to follow you, you have to be credible with them. Um, so kind of, I think those are some of the behaviors that, that I've seen. Um, but I've, but in, I've seen so many, I mean, I've worked for quite a few different leaders and they're all so different. And, and you know, some would be high on some things and some would be high on others. But the, the ones I've talked about were pretty much consistent across the whole, uh, across the whole piece for me. Fascinating. So it's, it's interesting that some of the, the sort of the key things or the things that jumped out as you were talking there, you know, you, you talked about obviously credibility, um, which is, you know, you said, as you said, comes from honesty and, and that trust um, is about building those, those relationships and also, you know, the ability to think strategically and operationally. And it, it sort of struck me that a lot of those principles are the same as the principles of influence. If you look at the, the three key principles of influence, they're credibility, logic and emotion. So it's about establishing credibility for yourself as the influencer, displaying logic, which is why someone should follow a particular path of action, because you know, there are logical conclusions as to why, but also creating that emotional connection with people. Um, and it's that emotional connection that's almost the final lever that will nudge them onto the path uh, of being influenced or, or following the influence. So is that, does that sort of chime with, with your experiences? Do you find leaders are good influencers? Yeah, yes, very much so. And, uh, you know, that's the idea that leaders need followers. Um, and, and yeah, you have to be able to I influence people. Um, I, you know, I, I uh, we, you mentioned models earlier, there's lots of different leadership models there. There's, there's, there's one that I particularly believe in and have had, uh, and have used throughout my, my whole career, actually, I picked it up very early. Um, and it's and it's a really good one. I'll talk to you about it in a minute um, because it does, in, in my view, it helps influencing as you you know on, on that subject. Um, but a, you know another another feature of all of the leaders that I've that I've seen, there's an element of courage to what they do um, because I think leadership is actually sometimes doing the difficult things. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's quite easy to do the, it's, it's quite nice to do the simple things, but sometimes when it gets really difficult, that's when, you know, it, that's when you have the, the leaders have the courage to do what's, net, do what's required. Um, and certainly, you know, in my own career, when I've done what was required, I felt I've led it well, I've had the courage to do it, um, not all the time, um, hesitated for different reasons. Um, so I think courage is important, but just picking up on the, the influencing uh, side of things. So I'm a great believer in this, in the model of situational leadership. Um, and it's very much uh, akin to uh, how I see the world of sports coaching. So um, it, it's the fundamentally no, no one person is at the set is the same and their contexts are always different as well. So you have to have the ability to have lots of different styles of coaching or leadership and know when to use each one to get the outcome for the individual and for the task. Um, so whether you, you know, whether you adopt a, a more directive style of leading or a more coaching style of leading or a more delegating style of leading, if you, under, if you have the ability to use all of those three, three or four things, uh, and you can read the situation right, then I think you have a greater chance of influencing people a lot more. Um, yeah, I, so. I, I, I fully concur. I had a, a conversation with um, a leader in the 
profit sector the other week and uh, they said to me, um, I'm not sure what kind of leader I am. What model, what leadership model should I follow? And so my answer was, well, all of them and also none of them at the same time, because as you just perfectly articulated, it's entirely situational. And there will be times when you need to be, you know, every, everyone these days has got animals. You know, you've got the four animals of leadership. You're a lion or you're a sheep or you're a wolf or whatever it is. It's like, well, <laughs> you, you probably need to be each of those things all the time at different times and at different levels. Yeah. And I think, I think yeah, the, the way you put it there, and it, it is very much like coaching. You know, coaching is, is very much about knowing the person that you're working with well enough to know which approach will work for them right now to, to move them to where we need them to be. So I guess the question for, for people listening is, you know, in your experience, how do you know? How do you know when is the right time to be more directive or more coaching based or more facilitating? What are the, what are the things you've picked up on over the years to help steer you in the right direction? Um, I, I wish I could have, uh, in my, let's put it this way. In my career, I wish I could have asked more questions okay. earlier on, and I wish I could have uh, listened more earlier on, um, because when you do that, that that really helps you understand what's what situation you're in. Um, and again, when I when I did that, uh, I felt it was really really good to do to do that to ask a lot of questions to find out. Um, but I think, you know, one of the uh, what I mentioned earlier about the, the leader has the ability to be strategic and, and not operational and um, not so much operational. Some people are much, much more leaning towards operational. Some people more leading to be more strategic. I think one of the mistakes leaders can do is they can get stuck in the operational. Um, and when they do that, they actually don't see what's going on. You know, I like the uh, more of the idea of the sort of uh, the helicopter view, you know, where you're hovering over and you're looking and watching and listening um, and then making a decision and being decisive about the decision rather than being stuck in the middle of it. And because you want to be operational and you want to be hands on and you want to get involved. Um, so I definitely think that's a that that's a factor there. Uh, you know, good, good good leadership is the ability to to stay above, and then you can sense the situation a lot a, a, a lot better. But it's very much but it, but my you know my sort of ideas on leadership are very much people based. As you can see, it's um, this is you know situational leadership is around where the people that you are that you're working with, um, and uh, not only as individuals but as a team. Um, you know, when they come, uh, the situational team leadership model talks about being very directive at the start. Um, and, you know, a lovely parallel to that is uh, a good teacher doesn't smile till November. You know, they always say that because, you know, you really got to set, set the rules down and, and put some values down and, and get some vision out there. And then after a while, you know, you can take a different approach to leading. And I think that's the same with with individuals when when they start on something um, you have to take a different approach to them uh, as as then they become more competent and they be they're more self-determined um, and i think one of the mistakes leaders make is they're directive all the time um, and that doesn't develop the people um, and they need to sort of in their helicopter just go up a little bit not not down 
Um, so yeah, that, that's how you know, I think, is listening, ask a lot of questions and don't get too hands-on. Yeah, I think, and I, and I know, you know, in my early experiences of leadership, you know, we, we won't go into sort of psychometrics and such like, but I'm, I'm a very logic-y, detail-y orientated person. And, and certainly when I was in those kind of positions, it, that side of me wanted to get into the weeds. It wanted to get down on the ground and get in the trenches a little bit and, and do things. And it, I found it very, very tricky. And I, I had some brilliant experiences with UK sports um, with John Neal, who's a guy you may know. Um, John. Um, a brilliant facilitator, quite a scary man, um, but brilliant at what he does. And, and it was him that made me kind of go, yeah, actually, you're, you're right. And what you said is exactly right. Get, stay in the helicopter for a little bit longer. You know, and, and even when you feel that urge to jump out and go and start doing things, um, you know, you just need to hang on a little bit longer. And like you say, just take more time to understand, listen, listen to what's not being said as well as what is being said. Um, and then you build up that, that full picture. Um, I think I mean, leaders nice analogy. Good, good leaders are very self-aware in my view. Um, uh, they can be not self-aware, but good leaders are, are, are quite self-aware. And, 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 you know, the interesting thing about leadership is people often come up from a content specialization, operational roles to become leaders. Um, and that's why I think, you know, what sounds like you're doing, Ash, specific awareness around leadership training and leadership development is important because you can, you, you know, one thinks that you, if you're operational, being the leader is just being more operational. <laughs> um, but it's not uh, because it's about bringing others. It's about bringing others forward and developing others to deliver, deliver on your behalf, actually and setting the direction for them and setting the vision. Whereas when you're on the way up, that's not what you do. And if you're really, if you're good enough on the way up to become a leader, it's because you've probably been very immersed in it in the first place. So there's a bit, there's a bit of um, an anomaly there. Um, and and uh, that's why I think self-awareness for, for people that are coming into leadership is, is very important. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point. I've, I've been doing some work with, um, again, someone in the not-for-profit sector um, who is very operational, very detail-orientated, likes, enjoys producing, enjoys producing work, enjoys producing things where there's tangible results from their own hand. And they're now in a they've moved into a very senior leadership position. And it's exactly the same situation. And, and the person's getting actually quite frustrated that they don't feel like they're doing. It's like, well, no, that the doing for you now is different doing. It's, it's not hands-on doing, it's empowering other people to do. Um, so yeah, they're, they're going through exactly that, that situation that you described. Yeah, definitely. Most, most definitely. And I think we'll, you know, certainly in sport where the pathway to leadership is often through being a practitioner, um, you know, you, there's, there's many excellent practitioners that are, in, that are leaders that are not going to use the word failing, but struggling to be as effective as they were as practitioners because they, they haven't adapted the way in which they think and behave. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So thinking back to your distinguished career in, in the, the sort of the leadership space, can you <laughs> give us an example of either through leading yourself or led because i'm sure you've you've worked with some incredible people over the years um where where you've experienced what you would class as really top class leadership 
Um, yes, I, I, I can. Um, so, I, you know, I'm not going to mention names, but one of my bosses once um, was, was hugely developmental of me. So he would, uh, he would share with me how he's developed and he was very vulnerable in that respect, very open, very honest, and then tried to, you know, help me with it in the same way. Um, and, you know, for, for me, that was outstanding leadership because I had tremendous respect for him for doing that. I became, what, I became better at what I did, most definitely because of his intervention. And then as a consequence, I then followed him wherever he went. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I thought for me, that was, for me, that was outstanding leadership. Um, I also think, you know, when, when I talk about credibility, there's a competence thing here as well. So all of these behavior things are, are all well and good, but if he doesn't, if you, as a leader, you're not competent in knowing the topic that you're leading, then none of them count. Yeah. So that's that's the credibility piece. So, for example, um, you can do things right, but they're not the right things. Yes, that makes sense. You know, and I've seen you know, and I've seen in my time in in uh, you know the national governing body, I've seen some things done really right, but they're not the right things. They haven't turned the dial. They haven't changed the you know the change the behaviors they haven't made things better for the long term in the future they've basically been very good little things but they've not been the right things mm -hmm. so i suppose you know really the leaders the leaders that i admire are the ones that have the ability to identify the critical factors quite quickly um rather than you know hit miss the mark by a long way so, you know, doing things, they, they do the things right. They look really good and they're well organized and well led, but they're actually not the right things. So, you know, from, leadership is about doing the right things and making progress and success in what you're trying to do and then bringing people along. So I think there's, an, there's, another, there's another example there. The best leaders I knew had the ability to identify the critical success factors very quickly and not only did it right, but did the right things. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I think it, it sort of, as you were talking, it reminded me of a, a conversation I had um, a couple of days ago, and we were talking about culture, so the culture of teams and the culture of performance in sports teams. And this might be something you can speak about from your experiences uh, in football, um, where sort of the thought that struck me as you were talking is, you know, we, we always talk about teams that have exceptional culture. You know, we talk about Saracens in rugby or the All Blacks in rugby, and there's a lot of talk about Liverpool at the moment, Liverpool Football Club at the moment, that's having this incredible culture led by Jurgen Klopp. And it sort of made me wonder, well, do we only talk about the teams with great culture because they win? So are we saying, well, they're winning, therefore their culture must be good? And actually, what about all the clubs that probably have fantastic cultures behind the scenes, but they don't win? struck me there is a parallel between you know you're, you're talking of leaders doing the right things behaving in one way which is the right way to behave but it not necessarily I like the, the term style analogy you used it how does does that something that you sort of come across in in your travels around the yeah I mean, 
I mean, I, I, I totally get it. I mean, culture is, um, you know, the way, the way things are around here. So, you know, you, let, let's take, for example, uh, a store on the high street, private owned store, staff well looked after, go the extra mile, give great customer service, develop, reward, are innovative. People love going in there. It's a great culture in there. You know, it's a great culture. We do tend to jump on the, uh, you know, let's talk about leaderships. Oh, let's talk about Sir Alex. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, immediately you, you, you jump on those iconic, you know, the all blacks and those sort of things. And of course they're great. Uh, what, what they're able to do is they're able to not only have a great culture, but then bottle it up and then communicate it to us. Yeah. There's lots of great cultures out there. Um, uh, there's a lot of great cultures out there that we don't, that we don't know about but it's it's really a way of doing things and you know if you're in an environment where you're losing all the time it's very hard to have a great culture <laughs> that that that's the truth of it you know do they have a great culture because they're winning or do they are they winning because they had a great culture well the reality the honest answer in my view is it's a bit of both yeah you know and winning makes everybody happy gets behind the mission builds confidence you know what, we, what do we say winning breeds winning success breeds success so so i don't think it's as linear as open a book develop a great culture and you will win i don't think it's i don't think it's like that and it does operate at every level yeah i, th I think it, you know you, you've talked a lot about credibility i think it, it speaks to that credibility doesn't it if if you're implementing the culture and then some winning occurs it helps with that buy-in because it appears you know, we, our brains are brilliant. They draw relationships between things that are even completely unrelated because it, it needs to, to make sense of the world. And therefore we, we can draw those parallels between, you know, success and culture. And, and I would imagine that's the same with a leader. You know, if a leader experiences something mm. positively early, that can definitely help support their future vision. Yeah. One thing that fascinates me, Ash, is the influence that the leader can have. So, uh, a leader, can, I mean, certainly in the governing body, you know, small, small governing, no, medium-sized governing body, I'd say 300 people, you know, turnover about 60 million, the, the LTA, but the, 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 the people that come in and lead the organization, how they can change the culture through, through uh, you know, real good, um, good, good culture leadership. So they know what they want, they set after it, and then everybody follows them. Um, and that's why it's, as I say, it's dangerous if it's, they do the wrong things, because everybody goes down the wrong road, goes down the wrong road with them. But I think leaders on, don't have, you know, they, they don't have uh, 10 out of 10 on every element of their scorecard. Um, you know, sometimes they'll have a really good, uh, really good vision and know what to do. But some of their behaviours are contrary to what they're asking people, you know, they're not they're asking people to live one value but not living it themselves and as equally as a leader can make very very strong changes if they are actually hypocritical and 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 don't follow what they practice what they're preaching they can completely lose their credibility as well so i don't think there's any halfway house so you know if a 
if the if the leader if the leaders if the leader de leader demands a certain behaviour in the organisation and then doesn't do it themselves, uh, and we saw this recently with Dom the Dominic Cummings situation, didn't we? You know the the the, the lack of credibility the the government has now around such a, a micro what's actually a micro issue yeah but it's that uh, hypocrisy of of saying one thing and doing another so i think that's you know leaders have very got to be very conscious of that they've got to walk the walk as well as talk the talk yeah i think one of one of the very first sort of comments you made was about um credibility coming from honesty and integrity and i think you're absolutely right you know i, I see it quite a lot where you have you know, for example, a leader will say, I, I empower and trust my staff or my team implicitly. I'm going to prove how much I trust them by micromanaging everything they do every minute of the day. And you yeah. sort of, well, those two things don't sit together. That, that's, you can't say that you trust and empower them on the one hand, and then standing over their shoulder, looking at what they're doing all day, the next. Those, and you see that there's almost an instant breakdown in trust. Um, I was doing some research actually into uh, trust. There was a, a really interesting meta-analysis that talked about kind of building trust with teams. Um, and it sort of allocated like a trust quotient. And that, that lack of integrity is the one that drops employee or team trust the greatest, the most quickly. And I'll, whatever scale they were using, I forget, but it was, you know, it was like a 60-point 60 60 drop in, in the level of trust in the organization as soon as the sense is that the leader is not operating with integrity. Yeah, absolutely, because that's how we, uh, integrity is, is how we deeply feel about things, um, you know, as opposed to the more uh, superficial what we do. Uh, you know, remember the old expression, you can hardly remember what people tell you, but you can always remember how they make you feel. Um, and again, you know, goes, <laughs> I pick out the Dominic Cummings example. It was extraordinary how such a tiny little thing created such a la lack of trust in the government because it because it sort of confronted their integrity. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, right. So I'm aware I've kept you for a little while. So let's let's wrap. This is one of my favourite questions, and, and this always gets some good answers. So let, let's let's try you with it. If you could have a phone call with Simon Jones of 30 or so years ago on his first day, I'm assuming it's probably Queen's Club you walked into on your first day, was it back in? Uh, indeed it was, yeah. Yeah, so on your, you can have a phone call with, with Simon as he approaches the door of Queen's Club on his first day at the LTA. Knowing everything that you know now, what, what advice would you give young leader Simon? <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Run. Uh, 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 yeah. Okay. So, um, um, be really, really clear on why you're making decisions, and and, and be strong and be strong with them. So, uh, I definitely think there's something in in that. Um, and no. Uh, don't take for granted that people know things that you think they do, which would be the communication one I, mm -hmm. I, I, I touched on earlier. And know the points at which you need to be courageous. Like I it. would say 
three things th those three things are quite uh, quite relevant for, for me fantastic um simon should people want to get in touch and 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 talk leadership and and such consulting things more how can what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to engage you in your the best, the best way to pick up pick pick me up is through linkedin okay so there you yeah. go so so have a hunt on linkedin for simon jones yeah and, uh yeah i'm sure he would uh i'm not sure how much capacity you've got you seem like you're very busy with your premier league work your work with chelsea and and so on but um yeah i'm very busy but but um you know i, I, I like i like working with individuals um and uh you know the, the the scope of that the scope of that work varies immensely with the people that i work with um because they're individuals yeah. <laughs> as we say it depends it's situational it depends. absolutely um but uh, link no linkedin is the best way to get hold of me fantastic there you go so if you want to get hold of simon find him find him on linkedin simon jones uh, and I'm sure uh, you'll get an interesting conversation around his work and beyond. Uh, Simon, I just want to say one more time, thank you so much for joining us and sharing the benefits of your wisdom from all those years in and around sport and leadership. Uh, really appreciate it. And I think there's been some, some real golden nuggets for people to take away. My pleasure. It's good to see you. So there you go. Fascinating chat with Simon Jones. It was great to catch up with Simon. We spent a lot of years working together uh, at the LTA, so it was really nice to catch up with him and chat all things leadership Lots there for lots, hopefully, for everybody to take away, uh, to consider and also to, to try and implement in your own leadership careers. Um, that's episode two, done and dusted. New episodes coming up very soon. Please uh, check them out on your favorite podcasting platforms. You can obviously find us on anchor.fm, The Curious Leader. That's where we live. Uh, and hopefully we'll be on all of your favorite podcasting platforms shortly. We're just waiting for uh, the syndication to kick in. So look out for us there. Please leave us some comments on those platforms, rate and review uh, and all that jazz. It really does help us grow um, and share the leadership message as widely as possible. Thanks very much. And I will speak to you on the next one.